As we go through the order of worship this morning, you might notice that things are a little different. We hope that you will notice how they add to the flow of worship and how they build upon each other in ways that are helpful and beneficial for our spiritual growth and development. Please stand as you are able and join me in the call to worship as printed in your bulletin. We come joyfully to the house of the Lord. We offer this time as an act of devotion to God. Let us remain standing in body or spirit as we join in our processional hymn, number 139, Praise the Lord, the Almighty. You may be seated, and as you are, I'd like to invite the children to come forward at this time. Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good. It is good to see you all here. I want to thank you for coming at a different time than when you're normally used to coming. I know that this is different. Was this morning a little different for you? Yeah? 
Well, thank you for making that change for us. We appreciate it. This is a big week for some of you. Some of you are moving up to new Sunday school classes. Some of you are going to start singing in choirs and learning how to serve God through singing together. And you're going to start a new Sunday school curriculum. If some of you were here last week, you might have had a chance to taste that curriculum. Um, if not, you'll get to try it out today for the first time. You're going to be talking about Adam and Eve, and you're going to learn about following God's rules. Mark, you know. Thank you. Um, Bubba. Hi. Um, following, following God's rules and learning that God offers forgiveness. Are you being an example of our lesson today? Thank you. As we prepare to go to Sunday school, we want to pray for our teachers, both for your classes and the adult Bible studies. So can I ask the teachers who either teach in children's Sunday school, adult Sunday school, or adult Bible study to stand, or come forward if you're standing in the back, or stand where you're, you are. All right, and as they come forward, we'll ask everyone to join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome God, you call us to grow in knowledge and wisdom, to go and tell what we have seen, heard, and learned. Our congregation is blessed by those who are willing to prepare and teach Sunday school and Bible studies. As our teachers prepare their sessions, may they be blessed by their lively encounter with your word and your people. May they be blessed and may they be a great blessing. We thank you, God, for their teachers, for good curriculum, for creativity and patience in the learning process. Our teachers help us to learn to know you and to learn about you. Bless our teachers, we pray. Infuse them and all of us with an eagerness to dwell in you and your word, shh, 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 to seek and to find you in nature, in quiet reading and conversations, in outdoors activities, and in other experiences. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new world. The stone that the builders rejected, the stone that the builders rejected, the stone that the builders rejected became the A grain of wheat may be knocked to the ground And suffer through the winter's cold Only to rise right up again And bear its seed a thousandfold Reject! 
How about having the choir back? Is that a joy for anybody? Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. I think it's a joy that we've got a bunch of kids involved in this church. I know that decades ago, um, there may have been a whole lot more, um, but you still have some. And that's good news. That's good news. And, and we're going to try our best to, to maximize that and to grow that forward. And one of the things that with Rachel's leadership that we're going to do is have the kids be a part of worship for a while so that we can enjoy them um, as well as they get a feeling that there's a whole bunch of adults that have their back as they're growing up. And so that's what's happening right here with that. And I think that's a great joy. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. Let us further center ourselves and be in prayer. Holy Lord, your people gather, combining their spirits, thinking of those joys and concerns that we've just mentioned. We pray for those who need your special touch of support, of encouragement, We think of those who need your healing presence. We think of all of us who go about our days wrapped up in our concerns, seeking to maximize our joys, needing to be reminded each moment that our lives are in your hands. Help us to live each moment in that awareness so that we might indeed be empowered by your spirit consciously all the days of our lives. We pray for our church community here as we launch into a new programmatic year for all the people who are stepping forward to give leadership that our ministries might happen for the opportunities given today to think about and to do. You have blessed us. We seek to be a blessing to one another and to others beyond our door. Help us to do that with a joyful heart in the power of your spirit. We pray this all in the name of Christ Jesus who taught his disciples to pray as we now join in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scriptures. Our reading is from, the, from St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. James and John, the son of Zebedee, sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one each at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. You are able to drink, are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called to them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers, Lord, lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is, it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the word of God to God's people. I've had the joy of having a couple trips to the Holy Land, and um, that area around the Sea of Galilee is just a, a marvelous place for um, imagining the Bible come to life, because it indeed happened uh, right there. Maybe the lake was a little higher or a little lower during the years when Jesus was walking around it, but it basically was the same. Staying in Tabka, which is uh, a word for seven springs, I, I took a walk eastward along the, the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, and this is generally the path that Jesus walked with his disciples. And along this path, you can find your way with a quick left up a hillside for where it's believed the Sermon on the Mount was given. It's along this path that the healing of the bleeding woman she who touched his robe occurred a little further down this path and, and maybe a little bit on that hillside there is where the feeding of the 5,000s occurred. And along this path is where I imagine today's scripture occurring as well. Jesus walking with his disciples, moving along. They starting to talk to him about something that's on their hearts. When you take this path, you end up being at Capernaum, which is um, a marvelous place, though it is uh, introduced in a very tacky of ways. You, you come to the entranceway, and there's this big sign, Childhood Home of Jesus, Hometown. Well, he did live there as, as, a, as an older young adult. He lived there in Peter's mom's home. And when you go to visit, you, you see the remains, what's believed to be the remains of, of that home underneath a basilica that has been built above it, believed to be the first home church. And as you walk around that area, you stumble upon, if you're looking well, you stumble upon a small little column that's in honor of John one of the sons of Zebedee. So he and his brother didn't get to sit on the right or the left hand of Jesus, but John did get that day's version of a plaque for his service as a disciple. 
I finished getting up my, my pictures and, and photos in the office recently. This is photos of the Holy Land trip and pictures of different folk and things like that that kind of touch my heart and, and make me think that even though I'm in a different place, I'm kind of home until I really feel at home. A parishioner came in and jokingly called one area the why aren't I important wall? <laughs> because it's on that wall that I have my diplomas and my ordination papers and things like that. Awards that different groups have given me. You know, I guess we all get caught up a bit in recognition, in honors and in awards, things that confirm or build our sense of status. During my tenure in Ventura, the good folk there decided to have a, a rogue galleries of, of past pastors in what was at that point their lounge library area. Just like you do here in the hallway between the sanctuary and the offices. When they completed this, I was really embarrassed to realize that there was a photograph of me framed that they also had done. So it wasn't just all the past pastors, but it was me as well. And, and they had the past pastors on one wall and, and me on another wall all by myself. <laughs> I felt a little um, too visible, <laughs> like this was just a little too much. And they said, um, well, keep your eye and make sure that you stay on that wall because if you're on this wall, Just as a heads up. Well, my, my embarrassment turned to uh, pride in, in a little while. And I'll confess to that sense of pride of being honored and thinking, well, you know, my face was going to be there for years and years. I tried not to get too caught up on it, but there was some satisfaction in that recognition and this is not to dissuade you from doing the same for me in, in that hallway. <laughs> that, that will be okay. Um, but it, <laughs> it turned out to be um, something that touched me until I realized that my hair was thinning and getting grayer than that photograph. And now it was there as a reminder to how I was a younger man at one point and no longer. Well, I tell this story on myself just to invite you, to invite you to feel comfortable in your own self-reflection this morning on the topic of status and recognition. We all might covet just a bit of it. And maybe not too removed from James and John. The, the status seekers that we have here in our scripture this morning. It seems Jesus realizes that recognition is part of our human need, yet he's clear it's a dangerous impulse if it's left unchecked. The path to it needs to go through sacrifice and service to others. So we have this conversation between James and John and Jesus, and they, they want the reward. They want to get the confirmation of the heavenly seats of status. And Jesus says, well, it really is not up to me. It's up to Dad. And anyway, it's, it's a little too costly. You know the cost involved here. Do you really know what you're asking? And they, of course, say, oh, yeah, sure, sure we know. And he says, all right, you've got that part. You will have the sacrifice and the cost, the baptism that I have. You'll get that much of what you want, and we'll see about the rest later down the line. I don't know if they caught what he said when he said it, that their future had um, a certain pathway now because of what they asked. Then Jesus uses this encounter as it's passed on to us to teach about greatness. And, and that's what I want to dwell on a bit this morning. Because typically in our conventional society, people 
recognized as leaders, well, they seem to abuse their status and its power. As Jesus says, lording it over others, becoming tyrants. Yet in Jesus's new social order, which we call the, the kingdom of God, in Jesus's order, the leader is to adopt a posture of servant. Greatness, from Jesus's point of view, is expressed through servanthood. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. And then he used himself as a model and said, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Now I imagine Jesus saying, See how I am a leader? Do you see what I've been doing? You do this too. As I lead by serving, you also are to lead by serving. This is the way to real greatness in the eyes of God. Now it strikes me that if the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings came not to be served, but to serve, then we should feel invited to do so also. Yet the disciples struggled to understand Jesus' definition of greatness. It was hard for them. I, I guess it lets us know that this is a steep learning curve, becoming a disciple and a member of the kingdom of God. Over the last two chapters of Mark, if you go back and, and read what's in those chapters, you'll see that Jesus taught about denying oneself, perhaps even denying oneself sacrificially. He taught about how his followers need to focus on God's words above all else as things that would influence ourselves. He spoke about how important it was to be humbly dependent on God's power and not our own sense of power. He spoke about how we were not to engage in one-upmanship with one another, to be grasping at glory over against someone else. He talked about how important it was to get rid of the idols that get in the way of having an intimacy with God. Hard lessons to listen to and to learn because they're against the grain of our human nature, what we typically do. And we find, if we're good students of the Gospels, we find that the disciples struggled with this. They struggled with this all the way up until Jesus' death and resurrection, not quite getting it, not quite being able to really take it in and, and live it out. This episode suggests why this teaching is so difficult. It requires surrendering ingrained ideas of honor and dishonor, of power and of weakness that we have. Although we may think the disciples foolish to demand positions of honor with Jesus, a serious attempt to put this ethic of self-denying service into practice quickly shows us how much we seem to demand honor also. We all know how quickly jealousy breaks out when a small group seems to have acquired a privilege that others could not share 
or did not know about. We see in the disciples ourselves. And maybe when we look at the church family, we might even think more so, yeah, this is true of us. So when the other disciples hear of Jesus, of John's and James's request, they get into a tizzy about it. Who are those two to, to want to claim those positions? We, we want that too, right? They get jealous over trying to garner extra honor at their expense. Jesus' teaching is really countercultural to us. It was then, and it seems to be now. Jesus presents us with a new paradigm for greatness, with its implications for how we ought to live as disciples of Christ. Namely, following in the way of Jesus as a fully invested practitioner of the love of God to the world through being other-orientated in our service. Not self-orientated in our service. In the modern-day vernacular, people like us are taught to call this servant leadership. Leading by serving. And it's what we all are to be about in the life of the church and in our community. Not just those of us who are ordained. All of us who claim the baptism of Christ on our heart. Claim that we are followers of the God of love. Our goal of discipleship as we grow in our love and knowledge of God and as we develop in our ability to love our neighbor as ourself, our goal of this kind of discipleship is to follow Christ, to give Christ that center point of ourselves and to walk the way Jesus walked. We grow in our discipleship as we practice our discipleship in the church and in our community. Our goal is to live this way, isn't it? To live this way all the time. To get better at it each week, each day. So as we, as we think on these things, we, we may notice without pointing any fingers or anything like that, we just might notice that there's different degrees by which people embrace this. People are moving along this path. And maybe the first group of folk we, we might call spectators. And they're observers, or maybe they're even cheerleaders, to the efforts of ministry that go on in the church but they basically kind of remain on the sidelines and, and just kind of watch it happen. And we're thankful that you're on the path, that you're moving along. We hope you'll take another step beyond spectator, though. The next are volunteers. These are people who help to get a distinct thing, one thing done. No long-standing investment in service, but a helpful hand a helpful heart in a particular, particular task. And God knows we, we need those folk in the church, and we thank you, those of you who are volunteers. We hope you might take another step along the journey of discipleship, though. I think maybe the, the next group are the, the people who serve, they take on responsibilities and tasks and ministries, matching their skill set, matching resources that they have and the challenges that are out there, the needs that need to get done on an ongoing basis. Thanks be to God for folk who serve in such competent and effective ways that we've got to find out about the flowers. Something's gone. Something's gotten askew there. Um, 
These are the folk that get things done on an ongoing basis at the church. And God bless you, those of you who have stepped forward from spectator, from volunteer, to becoming people who serve in a regular kind of way. But I think Jesus is saying in these scriptures that there's, there's another step. There's a further stride to be taken. And this are the servant leaders, the folks who have been so affected and so shaped by the spirit over time that their character has altered and their sense of self has changed. They're no longer their own, but they're God's. And they see it that way. They see their lives that way. They hear the call of God upon their life and they simply say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Use me as you would. And they lead by their doing because they bring along people in the wake of their servanthood. We are aiming to become these kind of people in our lives of discipleship that have given over their full selves to the claim of the Spirit upon us. I came across a great line that speaks to all of this, and it's, it goes like this. Greatness, greatness isn't about how many people are serving us, but about how many people are being served by us. We have a challenging journey ahead here together, all of us. This time and place of church has many challenges before it. Now, I think we can do it together and we can have a lot of great fun along the way and make a difference in our lives and in the lives of those around us the more we find ourselves able to bring God's spirit more deeply into the center point of our lives and practice living our lives out of that spirit-infested place inside of us. We just need to take the Lord's hand and say, yes, Lord, take me. Use me and keep pressing forward. Amen? Amen. 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 As we continue on our path of discipleship and servant leadership, we present our gifts and our very selves to God that they might be used to further the kingdom. Our ushers will wait upon us as we receive the gift of music and the to the honor of God from our covenant ringers. Thank you. 
As we walk with you, Lord, on our pathway to discipleship and servant leadership, allow us to explore our relationships with you and be open to respond, yes, Lord, when you invite us to serve you and take that next step. Use these gifts and our very lives to make your kingdom manifest here on earth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's remain standing as we join in our closing hymn, number 670, Go Forth for God. Let's connect with one another. And remember, we'll hang tight to enjoy the uh, extroit. <laughs> Holy God, we hear your call to take within us and to give through us.
your love to the world. Empower us as we go forth now to do that, to live out your spirit and to make a difference in our communities. In your holy name, go in peace.